the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. Thanks for joining us again today. I have my co-host Brendan with me, and today we are joined by Brian Funk from the legendary sludge drone doom metal act, Thou. I'm sure you've all heard of them. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, anytime. For anyone who isn't familiar with you, what do you do in the band? Uh, I sing in the band. I, ha- I handle all the uh, design stuff. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I would start by saying, let's talk about some of the albums you put out, but the list is literally insane of stuff that we could talk about absolutely epic discography that you guys have amassed since 2005 yeah we need to we need to shout our big miles i think <laughs> i don't think so i think everyone's pretty happy with the uh the output level that you guys are on we'd like to talk maybe about some of the latest ones that you guys have have done how did uh, the collaboration with emma ruth rundle come about because everyone's been a big fan of, of that work yeah it's amazing uh oh thank you uh yeah the emma thing um we were fans of hers and basically she was just on a short list of people we wanted to just get on a song or two or something or do something with us and and this was probably coming right off of um when we did the acoustic record inconsolable so we were kind of thinking in those terms mm-hmm. uh about doing another one of those records and then um uh i think roadburn maybe came up at some point and um, they were trying to get us to do multiple sets. And at the time, the suggestion from Walter was to do some kind of collab- collaborative set. Um, and so for us, we were trying, we were just trying to like basically tour with Emma, do like a little tour with Emma. And so when the road burn thing came up, it was sort of like a carrot for us to sort of like convince her, oh, well, why don't we do this thing together and we can go, we can go play road burn together. Well, since we're playing, going to go play Roadburn, we might as well like tour for a couple of weeks ahead of time to like, you know, get the set down and blah, blah, blah. And so, and more or less was just like an excuse for us to, you know, get her to come out and hang out with us and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the end result was absolutely awesome. Everyone I've spoken to loves that album because it's just so different to anything else that you guys have done and anything she's done. So it was a great uh, fusion of the two sounds. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it was I, I think with any of those collaboration records, it's like um, you have to kind of figure out the other person a little bit, you know, or the other band or whatever. And um, like really the best stuff was kind of happening at the end. So I think like if we did, you know, whether it be with, with her or body or, or, or Mismer or whoever, like, <laughs> like the second thing you do is always like the better stuff. Cause then you sort of like figured each other's, style writing styles and like playing out a little bit and can kind of you know write to that right, play to that right. yeah um, i change this next next time and stuff like that or how about we try this differently yeah know? yeah so i i think um i think if we ever did something with her again it would probably hopefully it would, be, it would be better because i think we'd be a little bit more comfortable with with each other at this point that makes sense and then yeah. you mentioned one of my other favorite collaborations that you did with mismore that that album absolutely blew me yeah. away i know a lot of people that said that that was on their album of the year list so you guys smashed it with that one. Oh yeah thanks appreciate it yeah it was fun i mean we, we've known liam for forever so it was like you know an, an easy thing for us um 
that that whole like Salem, Oregon scene for us has been like super influential. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Um, Liam's a solid dude, so just it kind of we we were kind of just talking about stuff, so it kind of just made sense to to take it you know as far as we could. Right. I think your, your styles kind of really complement each other because you brought that sort of more atmospheric side of things, and you brought the heavy sort of fuzz, and the two really yeah. married very well, in my opinion. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's been a minute since we did that record, but I, I think he was the one bringing the really, like, riffy stuff. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, 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 at least at first, maybe. And then um, basically uh, him and Andy wrote, you know, in terms of, like, the riffs and the song structures kind of wrote every the bulk of it, you know, aside from kind of what we were kind of hashing out in the practice space. And and then I think it's like once he started like coming up with certain things, that was like egging Andy on to like step up to what Liam was bringing to the table. I right. mean, we we for for that we kind of looked at it as like a um, you know like bringing it back to like the the tyrant or peasant era for us, mm-hmm. really the peasant stuff, like just like riffs, a lot of riffs, uh, you know, rather than sort of like our you know self-indulgent meandering kind of stuff um yeah so we we were just really kind of trying to lean into like the like boneheaded metal like doomy metal stuff uh because we just we haven't really you know we haven't really done that in like such a straight up way in so long so it was right yeah i mean it definitely seemed like uh, you guys had chemistry on the album that was definitely like uh you could pick up on that as a listener that you guys were jamming together and having a good time so i think that makes a huge I mean, difference liam's an excellent writer i mean he he's awesome and, and i was like you know like p- part of how that collaboration happened is um i have this like secret studio record that i've been kind of working on off and on for like a few years now with with our engineer james Witten. uh and I had tried to recruit Liam to feed me stuff for that. And then, uh, which, which he did. And then mm-hmm. the conversation just kind of progressed and, Oh, well, you know, I've been working on this other stuff and I, I'd love to do like a collaboration thing, blah, blah, blah. And so we, we just kind of pushed for the, the full on collabo. That's awesome. It, it was so easy to do it too. I mean, like he, he can't, he brought so much stuff to the table that was like, pretty fully formed and it was like mainly just us kind of pushing things around and, and okay. talking things. yeah he uh he's definitely an excellent songwriter we were lucky enough to have him come on the show as well recently so great dude musical genius basically yeah <laughs> um well, I, I listened to his episode what did he say in his thing he didn't he doesn't read any books yeah he doesn't he doesn't read books all he does is watch lord of the rings on repeat Basically, it takes him about a year to read a book. So he reads like one book a year. <laughs> Too busy writing riffs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he just brought back that other project of his, um, Sorceress. Uh, they just finally brought out their, uh, the Doom, Doom project he had from so many years back, finally had the physical copy coming out, which is awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a good album as well. That's, that's the thing about all those Salem dudes is like they're all, highly prolific and have like a million different things happening mm-hmm. it's awesome i mm-hmm. mean going, going for us going back to like 07 when we first met leech and and like uh, when they're doing the wood smoke tape label like those guys like that scene is is insane it's it's um it's like the you know scandinavian black metal of the early 90s 
minus all the like sketchy bits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That um, I, I used to live up in Oregon. I was in uh, Eugene, so not too far from mm-hmm. Salem. Um, that whole area just there's so much amazing underground music coming out of Portland, out of um, Salem, Eugene, all those areas, and not just black metal. There's some great like industrial stuff as well. Just yeah, really cool yeah. place, really happening place. And then cover albums. I mean, you guys have done so many amazing covers over the years. Who gets to pick that? Is it a collaborative thing between all you guys? Do you come up with like songs each? Uh, it's probably like a, a bit of like arguing and a bit of psychological warfare and uh, <laughs> you know, cajoling and tricking. It depends on the thing. It's like all those, I think we started doing covers because we did a Nirvana cover and then, yes. uh, and it was on a robotic empire release. And then they did, uh, they had a couple of, um, Nirvana tribute records they put out and so we were doing nirvana covers for those and it just became a thing where like anytime we do a record with robotic empire there had to be a nirvana cover on it it just right. kind of became like like a tradition for us and then you know the other stuff is like oh it would be interesting to cover this or um you know like a, a split would come up or something and we'd be like oh you know we don't have quite enough material for this but we could cover something fun and like pad it out a little bit or um you know if, if you know, we did a split with Great Falls where where both bands were talking about doing shellac covers. And not mm-hmm. that any of us are like deep, super deep shellac fans, but it was like an interesting idea of doing, you know, trying to like make something work for that. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of me. And then it's some Matthew. OK. Um, and then every now and then somebody else will come up with something interesting. A- Andy's Andy's definitely uh, pulled out a few. So have you ever had any that yeah. uh, any that were too out there? Like you tried it and you're just like, man, this just 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 doesn't work. We can't do this track. Or is it all you normally make it work? Uh, we were gonna do a Fiona Apple tribute record um, right, right around when we were recording Summit, and, and mm-hmm. we actually learned like four five or six songs and they just did not they just sound super corny like it okay. sounded uh it sounded like we were making fun making fun of her and we were like no nah, we can't we can't <laughs> it didn't sound good and then uh i think we we tried doing we were playing bulls on parade a bit at practice and that that just never really it never really gelled and then um we did uh we did a duran duran cover at a couple of shows mm-hmm. uh and it was fine but it wasn't it was it just wasn't exciting enough to record it didn't right. it didn't really i keep saying we could do if we could actually if we got like emma or somebody to sing it we could try, probably make it more interesting yeah but, uh, yeah i could see that yeah definitely that, that would make sense so like the heavy music and then her vocals would kind of make it all balance out a little bit yeah there, so there's there's definitely been stuff where we tried it and it it sucked we didn't uh and there's been tons of stuff where we where we where we did it and it sucked and we did it anyway so who knows <laughs> brendan i know you had some questions about norco oh um yeah i started playing that the other day and i saw you guys had re- help uh release the soundtrack to that so how did that all uh come about uh, well, the guy that developed it is like one of my oldest friends in the world. And All right. uh, we, we went on like a, a kind of short road trip right before COVID. And um, I had been trying to talk him into doing um, 
of basically a music video for us for the longest okay. time where would have been like his uh, sort of 8-bit animation style. Because we have a song called uh, View of a Burning City that's like essentially about Norco, the city. Yeah. And, and, and he's from there. He's from Norco. Okay. Um, and so it was like, it was just sort of like the perfect thing. And then the video thing sort of like evolved into something else. And then that sort of evolved into like, okay, we're going to do this thing as part of the video game, this soundtrack thing. And um, although he's still working on the content for, for where our, our songs are going to be in, in the game. But um, yeah, I think, I think uh, he's trying to get it done like now, but they're working on a, a Xbox port or switch port one of those i'm not a super video game guy so but you're doing support yeah. for the game it's like on one of the consoles um and so he's he's been jammed up with that but yeah hopefully soon yeah i think it was uh might be used for uh, some trailers yeah they, they use it in the trailers and then um googly eye the uh <laughs> the person that did like the bulk of the like electronic stuff mm-hmm he did like a remix of one of our songs that I, I think is on the end credits. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah normally I'm, I'm, I don't like play those kind of games, but I was just like, all right, you know what? If they're like, I got to figure this out, see what it's about. So yeah, that game's, that game's sick. It's great. Everybody should play it. Yeah. I, I just started it like a uh, couple days ago. So I was like, you know what? Let's, let's give it a whirl. So, <laughs> there you go. Give yeah, me a report. Cool. That. Yeah, I will. I'll let you know. If I get I mean, jammed up, I'll, I'll I'll hit you up for some help. Yeah, I get you to walk. <laughs> you guys nice. have a like a super distinctive art style as well, like across your whole discography. Who does the artwork and all those albums? Well, it's it's mostly me stealing from good artists, but um, it's fun. It's always funny to me when people say we have like a distinctive style because I, I feel like our stuff's like all over the place. Um, but uh, you know, because it's like there's woodcut stuff and there's photographs and there's drawing you know there's like whatever but it's uh, all like uh pen and ink kind of looking stuff you know like yeah like, a lot of it you know we've, we've gotten kind of into like the photography stuff in more recent right. years and, and uh we've been trying to use some a lot of our friends for stuff or, pe- or people we like for stuff you know whenever we have the opportunity so like like my buddy our buddy craig mulkai did all the photography for the uh emma ruth rundle records Mm-hmm. Yeah, Craig played bass in Moloch, the UK doom band, and, that, yeah. and that's like, kind of, and he lives here uh, in New Orleans. But but that's how we know him. And uh, Alan Jane Rogers did the photography for, um, or we licensed some of her photography for Magus, and we're we're just fans of hers. That's that's kind of why we reached out to her. But she's like she's like an old punk like anarchist type. Nice. Um, so I don't know who else. Rachel Speck did the stuff for uh, Primer. Um, which a lot of that too is, I mean, there's some original stuff, but a lot, a lot of that is like her screen prints for stuff she does for uh, uh, Tropical Goth is her her pseudonym or whatever. But, nice. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. For me, like it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. I don't know. I'm glad I, y'all think like something. I definitely see what you mean about the latest stuff. I think it's just like because when you load your, when you look at the Bandcamp, like if you open up the Bandcamp. It kind well, of has well yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the band, the band camps, all, all that. Uh, it's just Gustav Doré, but like, like that's like, um, I'm the one sort of like designing all the layouts. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Although I don't know how to do the computer work to make the things happen, so it's like it's usually me 
talking somebody else who's smarter than me through what I'm trying <laughs> to do or whatever. But uh, yeah, the band camps, like I've, I've always like, the way I've kind of looked at it is um, the different formats kind of give me different, um, you know, like a different real estate or different, um, you know, it's like a, it's like a new, a new uh, chance to like put some, put some aesthetic, visual aesthetic to the music that like sort of makes it work. Right. Um, so, I, you know, and we do a little bit less of that now, but um, in the past, I've always tried to like change it up between like the digital stuff, the um, CDs and the vinyl. But uh-huh. um, and, and at band camp, I just like it looking like real uniform and like it's all one thing. Right. Right. Yeah. It's professional. Yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. I mean, like that, I like that. I mean, I mean, if if I could go back and you know, part of the thing is like when I, when I joined that, like I didn't. Um, it was coming from other bands that you know it, the band would last like a year, maybe two years, and so like I didn't think it would go on for this long. So I sort of didn't have the foresight of like um, crafting an aesthetic for like a a career, you know like a lifespan rather than like a year, you know, a release or something. I just wasn't thinking in those terms. I, and I would definitely, if, if I had to do it over knowing what I know now, I, I would definitely sort of like um, do something that was like even more focused, you know, because for me, like I like I really like when you can like look at a record and just tell what it is, who it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the Iron Lung records to me, like the band, like they yep. just have a certain part of why <laughs> we're sort of drawn to um, Sacred Bones is because we like we like their sort of like um, – their aesthetic like that approach of like having like a, a a look to their releases right so you joined in 2007 right i joined in 07 yeah so how did you come to be in the band like how did that all happen uh i i uh used to book shows in new orleans for like 20 years or so and um i when I came back in 06, right after Katrina, I was kind of like looking around for more to see what heavy bands, heavy-ish bands were around. Cause I, I'd like to do a lot of hardcore shows, I guess. Um, you know, sort of slim pickings for like hardcore in New Orleans, but um, you could find bands that would sort of, sort of fit a little bit with these other bands. And I found Val on MySpace and I basically sent him a message that was like, Hey, kick out that singer and let me join. Let me join Val. Uh, <laughs> great. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll scream and we'll sound like a hardcore band, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they, I, I didn't know, but Matthew, the uh, Thudium, the one of our guitar players, he was the singer at the time. They're like, oh, well, we're probably not going to kick out the, the singer, but blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh you know, because his his style is like a like a kind of like Dax Riggs, you know, okay. like, a, like he's like more of a, you know, mm-hmm. and you um, just you know, and I like it now, but it wasn't it just wasn't my style at the time. But right. um, what ended up happening was um, I was putting out a seven inch for Andy's other band. We need to talk, which is like a hardcore band. Okay. And I was I had a van at the time from from my previous bands and uh, I was going to take them on tour. And um, Val was basically like, hey, if you're still interested in singing, let's try it out. Um, you know, we need to talk is going to borrow all of our gear 
they didn't have any gear, barely any gear. Mm-hmm. Andy's already going on tour. You're going on the tour. We just need to, you know, put a few more dudes in the van and like we could just jump, you know, you could sing when you jump on a tour and just, you know, do, try to try the tour. They basically wanted just wanted the tour. Right. Uh, and so we tried it and uh, we tried it at a practice and it was after a show and it was, it seemed okay. And then we played a couple local shows and they were into it. And, um, and I was super into it. They, they actually had, um, you know, part of the thing they said was like, oh, we just recorded this record, which, which was Tyrant. And they were like, uh, the guy that recorded it, something happened. The files got corrupted and we lost all the vocal tracks. Oh. So you know, you could come in and just record, you know, if it works, you come in and just, rec- we have this record already. You just come and record over it, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. So I don't know. We just, when I joined, we just kind of hit the ground running. Um, ha- haven't really stopped since. I mean, we've, we've taken a few breaks, but small breaks. <laughs> you came from a hardcore background. Do you think that kind of played into Thou's sound going forward when, after you joined? I don't think it did much towards the sound um <clears throat> probably more just towards like the lyrical content and like how i was approaching um the graphic stuff uh and and definitely um like how because i was booking all the shit all the tours and stuff for us how, mm-hmm. how i was booking the tours who i was booking the tours with the kind of spaces we were playing i mean all those dudes they, they come from like a diy punk background too so it's like mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like it was outside of it's not you know we're all from like the same thing but like when they started vow they they you know they had just they were listening to like um i you know leader isis and uh you know just discovered like caspian like all this like post you know pelican and all this like mm-hmm. uh post metal post rock stuff um mm-hmm. you know and they, they're doing a lot of drugs the bulk of them um so they were like into that they were into like doing droney stuff and and um doing this like sort of metal you know because when he when they first started there's a demo before tyrant that's like way more like post-rock sounding and and then at some point they must have discovered like sun and they were like okay we're gonna start doing like more we're gonna lean into the metal stuff and like you know not ditch the post-rock stuff but like yeah tone it down use it a bit more sparingly yeah right and um yeah but i i mean i didn't um i mean geez i i don't know i probably wasn't even giving them much input on the song on the music heathen maybe after heathen even maybe maybe magus uh somewhere in there uh you know other than oh you know I'll play this riff a couple more times, play it a little bit less, or why don't we change this or that? Like, I wasn't having like a huge say in things. It wasn't right. until like maybe like the last handful of years where I've sort of like, I, I've wanted to be there more for like the writings. Because, because in the old days, it'd be like, you know, because they all lived in Baton Rouge, which is like an hour and a half from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I would basically, I would basically drive up there once a week for practice. Right. And, and you know, not quite every week, but like, maybe once a month they'd be like, all right, we got a new song. Here's the song. Blah, 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 blah. They play the song. I'd listen to it. I'd have some lyrics and oh, okay, which one does this kind of feel like? And then I'd kind of start moving my stuff around, whatever lyrics I had and kind of readjusting and writing some new stuff, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, maybe I'd get like a, there's some a phone recording or something. I'd hear it and I'd kind of like mess around with it until I got my parts down. But I, I was basically writing 
to the stuff they were bringing to the table. And it was basically Matthew and Andy uh, that handled the bulk of the writing for the bulk of that. wasn't really wasn't until um, Inconsolable, really, where, where um, Mitch started writing stuff. And then um, with the Emma record, KC started bringing songs up. Um, you know, now it's kind of like all of us. I mean, I, I can't write stuff. Although, although the, the, the studio, we have, we have stripped a few songs off the stu- the thing, the, the secret thing I'm working on that, to use for the new record. So I'm nice. sort of contributing uh, musically. I don't know how to play anything. So like, I'm not, um, it's, they, they, uh, <laughs> it's, and some of them get real ir- irritated when I, you know, cause my suggestions are always like, Oh, this, this part needs to be like sadder. This, this part needs to be heavier. <laughs> this isn't crushing enough. Like it needs, you know, more feedback. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not good at like, uh, you know, having super articulate um, suggestions. Input. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the sound though, that's what's important. Yeah. You know, like the whole, like, this is what we're going for. Well, that's, you know, it's like being a, like a conductor at an orchestra. Well, I mean, Andy is definitely the conductor. Uh, and if you ever watch us live with some song that like we we're having trouble playing, like if you watch him, he'll be the one like cueing people to like, oh, all right, here's the part's going to change. All right. Oh, here it comes. Here's this thing. <laughs> this now. Which, nice. Which I think, I think he loves it and he hates it. But uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely he's the maestro. <laughs> nice. Well, you brought up before that you listened to the Mismore episode and that the, the question about uh, literature stood out to you. So we'll ask you the same one. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it just stood out to me because I was making... No, I mean, the thing that really stood out to me is when Liam was like, uh, what do you see? He's like, I love ta- tacos are my favorite food. I love the way they sit in my body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That stood out to me too, actually. <laughs> Maniac. <laughs> Well, actually, Brendan does have some food questions for you, though. So we can we can go in that yeah, direction. The, oh, we can go well, wherever we want. If uh, James and I were gonna swing on down, <clears throat> where are we getting some gumbo and a po' boy? Uh, y'all are talking to the wrong person because I'm vegan, so I don't I don't eat any any of the local shit. Uh, oh! Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to go to my house. We'd have to go to my house, and I would have to make you vegan gumbo that would blow your mind and, that's uh, cool what we got in there truck, we'd probably do some fried tofu po boy that would be like pretty insane uh yeah there's not really for that stuff there's not really a good spot there was there was uh i mean in terms of where i go um uh there was a spot a vegan place called seed that had both of those things that was uh pretty both of them were pretty good the gumbo was like the creole so it was like um tomato based so it's not my style mm-hmm. but, yeah uh, I'm more like the, the Cajun, uh, like the smokier gumbo or yeah, whatever. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There, you you could you can't walk down the street without hitting a po' boy spot. So I mean, that's that's easy. And like gum, gumbo too. There's like a zillion places. I mean, that that stuff that's too easy. Yeah. It's yeah. Probably gonna be the same. But what about beignets? Is it the same sort of story? You can get them anywhere. They're all good. Or uh, yeah. I mean, it's just fried dough uh mm-hmm. the, the only thing is like uh like i can't eat the beignets here either because they um 
a lot of those places they Chocolate. use egg. They pretty much all use egg in the in when they make the dough. But like right. those things too. Like when I was doing shows, I used to cook for shows, and every now and then I do beignets, and you can you can just get the mix. Like y'all could probably go to the grocery store, and there's like a a mix, and um, there's one called like French Quarter mix, and one called uh, there's probably like a Cafe Du Monde one, probably something mm-hmm. else, but one one of them doesn't have any uh, animal stuff in it, and it's basically just you you add milk and maybe something else and you make a dough and you just, it's just fried balls of dough. Super easy to make. Yeah. Okay. I, I have seen the cafe du Mon one actually sold uh, at store. So I, I know what you're talking about. The little, like a, uh, yeah, yeah. it's like, it looks like a box of flour basically. Yeah. You should try it out. It's really easy to do. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, cause uh, there's actually load, a load, a, load up oh, on the powdered sugar. Nice. nice. Cause I've, I've done something similar. There's a South African dish. Uh, cause I'm, I'm originally from South Africa called, um, Fed cook and it's like a, a fried dough but you can eat it savory or sweet so it's a little mm. dense it's, it's denser than a beignet so it's not as like light and airy but uh it's good and you can kind of pair it with anything depending on how you want to make it yeah i've, I've seen I've, I've never i don't know if i've had it's been a while since i've eaten african food but um i've seen some videos recently of that stuff looks good yeah it's very good yeah brendan you got any other food related questions well i was gonna ask about <laughs> alligator but <laughs> you have to restructure it. <laughs> oh god. Uh it's all good. Um I was gonna say, how did you guys um get involved with doing the uh volume four Black Sabbath? Uh, the magnetic guy uh yeah tribute? uh they reached out to us about okay. about that and um I think the same time they reached out to us about that, they were they were working on the dirt one and um Dallas and Chains tribute. And um they were short a couple of tracks for that. So they, they had hit us up about about dirt too. Nice. Um, I you know, I can't remember how I know those dudes. Um I feel like maybe one of them was like involved with booking some bands or something. I I, I can't remember, but but we, we just kind of sort of tangentially knew each other, but um yeah, they just hit, hit us up and asked us about it, and um, the the money offer was good, and it was like enough where we could sort of like pay to. We basically we basically used the money of from that to like fund the Emma recording. Nice, nice. Because you guys didn't um, have it previously recorded, you were just kind of like no. they 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 told you to like this is your track or uh I you know I can't remember um. I can't remember if they were like, can you do this? We, oh, we want you to do this song. Or if it was like, um, what would you want to do off of volume four? I can't remember how far along it was when, when they asked right. us. But, uh, yeah, because you've done some other black covers, set, like, you know, covers, so. Yeah, I mean, we did we did a sad tribute back in the day, which was like, it's funny because like, like there was like a, a, local, a local Black Sabbath tribute show. It was like a benefit for something. When, when I first joined that, and so we learned um, we learned four covers for that. But I think we got on the show, and I didn't have any say in what we were learning. They they just like these are the ones we're doing. Learn them, and yeah. um, we got on the show kind of late. So I think there wasn't, and they were trying not to repeat any songs. So so like the options for what we could pick from were kind of limited. Cause I know, I know right. Matthew and Andy said like, Oh, well, if, if we, you know, we wouldn't have done this or that, but so we learned those songs, like maybe like the week after that show, we went on tour, we did a West coast tour 
And whenever we tour on the West Coast, I'd, I'd schedule it to where we have it like a day off in, um, in the Bay Area because James Witten, the guy that records all our stuff, yeah, he was, he was living in Oakland at the time. We, we both moved out there right for Katrina together. But he, he stayed out there, and um, he basically had like his studio set up in his apartment, my old apartment actually, at, uh, in Oakland. And so I'd schedule it to where we have like a day off. And so I think on that tour, when we got out there, did it twice where we recorded in Oakland. I can't remember. I feel like that tour, we only had like the only stuff that we material we had that we didn't have recorded was like those Sabbath covers. And maybe um, maybe that's when we recorded Sifting and, and maybe the, the, the drone, the first drone track. Um can't remember this is like a little chunk of stuff we did in oakland but it was it was a, two different tours when we came through there but um yeah yeah i mean we just we just record them because we didn't have other we were just there and we had the time to just go do something and we didn't have anything else and then we only released them because vendetta was asking us to do something and we just happened to have those we ha- had that recording i must have mentioned it to him and then he got real interested in it um they're not good. I mean, we, we, we fucked up those songs. <laughs> like, we did not, we did not play them very well. Uh, which is why we've been like reluctant to ever repress that stuff. Uh, right. But yeah. And then, and then we did another Sabbath thing kind of recently for, um, for sacred bones. They did like a, a Sabbath tribute. Yeah. The, uh, dirt, um, them bones cover you guys did was sick. Oh, thank Yeah. We, we, at one point we were talking about doing, uh, like an Allison Chains tribute, twelve inch. You should, yeah, do that. That would be awesome. Yeah, you, you did Nirvana, you know. Yeah, we just we're trying to like lay off the covers. I heard we're that. Trying to, we're trying to not not do too much of that. It's like we've done so many covers at this point. It's like, right? Because like, so we did the Sabbath thing, and then and and um, and at the time, you know, we did Tyrant and a bunch of shit and the Sabbath thing and Peasant. And then we were getting pushed on a lot of these like kind of bonehead metal shows that we were like getting, we were just getting real frustrated with like people having a certain expectation of us being like these like hyper masculine metal dudes. Right. Which, which was why we were like wanted to do the Fiona Apple tribute. We were like, all right, fuck that. We're going to do this fucking Fiona Apple tribute. Like, you know, fuck them. Um, which is why that kind of came up and then it just sucked. So we had to like scrap it. But um, yeah, there was, there was talk at one point about doing an Alice in Change tribute. We learned um, brother, you know, it's on brother off sat. Yeah. We, we were, we, when we were doing the acoustic sets a bunch, we, uh, we learned that for the acoustic sets and um, like the unplugged version. And then nice. uh, we were doing like a heavy, ver- we had like a, a full band heavy version of it too. We were doing, we never, we never recorded that. Um, yeah, there there was some back and forth too about like there was some arguing about what Allison Chains. Me and Matthew are like deep in Allison Chains, so like there's, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if we'd be able to like get to a point where we we could agree on what to cover. Pearl Jam too. We we had an idea of doing a um, we wanted to do a um, double LP Pearl Jam tribute where or like one one record was going to be just random. Pearl Jam songs we liked, and the other one was going to be um, verses, yeah, but, in, nice. but in backwards, all of verses, but in backwards sequence, and we call it reverses. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Never got to that either. I don't know. Maybe one day. 
Yeah. Andy DeFranco. Oh, uh, no. None, none of us like Andy DeFranco. <laughs> I, would do, I would do a Tori Amos cover. I, I like that song, Cornflake Girls. Corn, corn, Cornflake Girls. Yeah, but I, I think we got some, some Tori Amos haters in now, so. <laughs> How did you guys get involved with the uh, electricgirls.org uh, charity? Oh, it's a local. It's a local thing. I, yeah. I knew some people. Yeah, I knew some people worked over there at one point. I just like. I just think it's cool. I just think it's yeah. like a good organization. Nice. Uh, I mean, we're not super involved with it. I just like hype their stuff on social media whenever I can. We, a couple of the things we've done, we just get you know donated the cash to them or whatever. You know, if there was an excuse, an excuse to do that. But gotcha. um, yeah, it's just a good, cool, interesting local thing. Nice. Uh, there's a there's a girls rock camp too out here that's that's real cool. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of that stuff in New Orleans. New Orleans has a ton of, of of like activist type stuff that happens. So yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, no, we were uh, we always like <clears throat> charity things and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's awesome when bands use their uh, their will and their goodwill. You know, it's 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 cool. Yeah, bands should do that more. Bands should uh, instead of posting. Yeah. Instead of a posting on their Instagram about some fucking dumbass announcement they're gonna make <laughs> coming up, you know, coming week, soon, coming should, soon. Yeah, yeah. They, should fucking, they should be posting about like cool shit. It's like, I, I don't. Yeah, know. nah, I, I think it's admirable. So I, I thank you guys for doing stuff like that. Yeah, well, just trying to do do our part. We yeah, uh, we we agree completely because we do a mental health charity sampler once every year in May. Um, that we have like 50 to 80 people contribute to every year. And it's awesome to see like uh, everyone get behind that type of thing in the metal scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing, like people are willing to like support cool stuff. You just have to put it out there. And, uh, right. Yeah. I don't know. I, w- I would, I would love to see more uh, of our peer group using their social media platform to promote cool shit instead of like some new t-shirt design or whatever. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. Less self-promotion. I mean- this stuff's got to happen too, but you know, you got to also, you know, mix it up. I mean, I guess, I guess there's like, I, to me, there's like a point where it's, um, gratuitous. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's always like, I don't know. It always strikes me as a little corny or whatever. Like, like, I don't even like when bands get up and, um, we got merch in the back. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I hate, I hate that shit. It's stupid. Right. Right. No, yeah. no, shit, you got mer- no shit. You got merch in the back. Like, come on. <laughs> right i like like a lot of uh you, you see it a lot in like the hardcore band scene and whatnot i was like you know you bring in donations for like the local food pantry and things like that like get a little discount off your ticket or something like that you know which is like it's real cool yeah i mean when i was a teenager uh they did a ton of like food not bombs benefits so yeah, I, I yeah. Was, you know it'd be a lot of a lot of shows where like you could uh Bring in canned goods and food and stuff for food, not bombs. You get a couple bucks off the door door price or whatever. Of course, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. It goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I want to ask as well. It's like so you're obviously very in touch with the local scene where you are. Are there any sort of up and coming bands that aren't getting enough attention that people should be checking out? I am probably a bit out of touch uh, these days. Uh, because you know i have a record shop so like i'm uh and and i work the shop basically like while i'm at the shop four days a week and then i'm doing stuff for the shop two other days a week two and a half other days a week right so like i'm i'm on like a very regimented routine with my stuff now uh okay that i I like so i'm a little out of touch but no there's a there's a ton of i mean there's 
uh, Emily's Silver Godling project is incredible. MJ Guider's still doing stuff. Uh, Special Interest, who's like blowing up right now. Uh, Torture Garden, it's like kind of like a punk band from here. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, Paprika, uh, Iron Lung just put out their tape. I think might be putting out a seven inch. Um, Sodomite, real good. Um, there's an old uh, kind of like uh, late 90s emo band community that just got back together and is like working on a new record. They put out their record from like 20 years ago, finally came out and they're working on a new record. They're awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a ton of shit. I mean, it's easy. I mean, it's easy. I'm at the record shop. So, like, I know, I know, I at least know of all the bands like putting out stuff. Right. Right. What's your uh, shop called? Sisters, Sisters in Christ. Awesome. Okay. If anyone's uh, ever in town, definitely hit it up. I mean, if I'm ever in town, I'll swing by it. Come hang yeah. out here Tuesday and Friday. Awesome. Um, <laughs> So I mean, coming up in time. Um, so I, I have a question I want to ask that I ask everyone. That's like sort of an ambush question. But if you were stuck on a desert island with a solar powered discman and only three CDs that you could listen to, what would they be? Three CDs. Uh, let's say probably a Veil, 4 a.m. Friday, uh, Born Against, Rebel Sound of Shit and Failure, and. Uh, probably a dido so we gotta get a dido cd in there probably (laughs) uh maybe life for rent or a safe trip home i I could do either i don't know or maybe a dido mix can i do a dido mix cd of all my favorite dido's yeah definitely you can yep that's fine (laughs) yeah you gotta have something to break it up because we've had some people come on there it's like all three options are super heavy i'm like i think he wanted some variety in there like just to break it up after a while Right, I mean, I barely, right. I barely listen to anything heavy these days. I mean, be, being in a in a heavy band that tours, like, at least for me, like, turns you off that. Like, I, I started listening to, um, like, a ton of, like, pop country. Like, okay. like current, hyper-current, shitty, barely country pop music. You know, Ooh. Florida Georgia Line, Blake Shelton, John Party, all this kind of crap. Because it's like a palate cleanser for like, you know, having to sit through, you know, four other doom doom metal bands in a Right. Night. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. I yeah, hear for that. Me, for me, that palate cleanser is like uh folk music, like folk world music stuff. So like between the heavy stuff I listen to, I always break it up with something like that. But as a palate cleanser, exactly. Yeah, I've been uh I just started digging into Emily got me into uh, Agnes Obel. Y'all heard her? No. Yeah. She's awesome. I was, I was listening after like two hours this morning uh, when I came in the shop. And then uh, Agnes Opal is really good. And uh, 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 Aldous Harding, you know her? Okay. She's on uh, Matador, Rough Trader, one of those. Okay. Matador does Check a lot of good stuff. Great. Yeah, yeah, she's sick. Awesome. She, she's from New Zealand or something. You should, you should, be know, you should know about this. <laughs> That's my cousin. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Brendan, um, before we wrap up, do you have any final questions you want to ask, or is that kind of everything um, covered? I was going to ask about um, your favorite city to play live music in. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's been so long since we've. I mean, we toured last year, but it was like somebody else's tour, so we didn't really have a say. And it's kind of weird because, like, you know, our our shows just are not fun <laughs> for us. <laughs> uh 
people just d- tend to be very stoic at our shows. So there's not, uh, and it, it wasn't always like this. Um, there yeah. were definitely places you could play where it was like, there was a good energy and it was wild and fun. Um, but those city, it's like, I can't point to a city really and say that anymore because they're, it's just not, it's just not like that. Like maybe the one place we could probably go back to, and it's always fun is Salem, Oregon. Oh, um, yeah. We we've played there pretty sure every single West coast tour we've ever done. And I, I think that's like, we're going to make it a point to play there every time we play the West coast. Um, and mostly it's been like house shows and tattoo parlors. Nice. And it's awesome. Great. Um, actually like, um, the house space we first started playing at burial grounds, which all those dudes, you know, either lived at or, um, you know, played over there, whatever. Um, they were supposed to have a fest in the, in the next, like, I think the 30th of this month. Um, but it just, it wasn't working out. So they ended up, they ended up scrapping it, but um, it would have been like the, the 10 year or the, maybe like the 15 year burial grounds anniversary or something, BG fest. Um, so I don't know. I hope, I hope they keep doing stuff over there. Cause um, that was, that was an awesome spot, but I don't know. It's like, you know, we played like really killer shows in Baltimore and, Boston, New York, and blah blah blah. But um, I don't know. Our our crowd right now. I don't know. If, I don't know if um, they're too old or we're too boring. But um, it's it's been very like restrained and stoic. So you're not the first person to say that. Actually, we've actually had a lot of people on the show say that they've noticed that as a trend in the last few years. That people mm-hmm. have been a lot calmer, a lot less like excited at shows. And I've noticed it specifically since COVID um like since since covid happened and, and gigs have kind of come back there's a lot less like circle pits like walls of death that type of stuff people aren't touching each other as much or moving around as much well it's funny because it's like the from the handful of like hardcore shows up into and seen the opposite is true it's still it's wilder than ever like i went and saw oh jail. yeah man i went and saw jail a couple months ago and it was like nice and, and and I kind of got stuck up in the front and I had flip-flops on. I was like, oh, my toes are gonna be fucking broken. But <laughs> but it was it was wild. But like our shows just aren't like that anymore. And I, I don't know, maybe you know, I'm not like a hype man. I'm never gonna be like a I wanna see some fucking blood out there. Like I'm never gonna be doing that <laughs> shit. So like, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe our maybe our songs are not the right stuff for that sort of thing. But I don't know. They yeah. used to be. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The I, I think it, I don't think it's you guys. I think it's a reflection of the scene itself and how things have kind of been changing in that direction yeah. lately. Let me put I, this out there: like, if things don't change for us soon, like, we are going to be way less inclined to like tour or even play shows because it's like the shows are like, even when there's a good crowd, blah blah blah. Like, they're so fucking boring. It's like so sad and boring to like look at us like a sea of blank faces or like cell phones like right it sucks it's not take, take I, 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 I have it, like sh- shows are like awkward and weird enough but it's like when people make it even more weird and awkward for me like it just sucks so i don't know we'll see. <laughs> we're, 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 the, the record we're working on right now is like um i mean we'll see how what it ends up being but like ostensibly we're trying to write more like sort of like mid-tempo stompers so okay all right uh, things up a little bit awesome 
Well, um, we appreciate you taking the time so much. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And just for anyone who's listening, like, uh, where are the best places to follow the band and pick up your music? Uh, we've got like five or 10 different Instagram accounts, three or four Twitters. Uh, <laughs> pretty easy to find us on social media, I guess. Uh, picking up the music. I mean, you can order it straight from me, Sisters in Christ. Uh, this, this essentially straight from the band. Uh, or from any of the labels, Sacred Bones, Gilead Media, Thrill Jockey, um, Robotic Empire, so that stuff. So like, yeah, they all, they all carry our stuff. Um, the business in Anacortes, uh, y'all know, y'all know Anacortes up there in Washington, upstate Washington? No, I haven't been up there. Oh, uh, you gotta go. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah, th- those folks, um, Nick and Evie run a, run a record shop and do a little bit of distribution, and so they distribute all our records. So they're really easy to get from, from them. Uh, nice. uh, yeah, our stuff's easy to get. I mean, whatever. If you can't find it, hit me up. I'll, 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 I'll respond. Awesome. Hell yeah. 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 Well, th- thanks again for coming on. And uh, we really appreciate anyone listening at home. Tune in next week and we will have another guest. Yeah.